Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches through God's Word. because of their faith. Businesses being shut down because of their faith. I'm talking about the new moral standard in the Western world, but another sermon for another time. You know, I, I think it probably looked to Saul and the, the, the Jewish Sanhedrin like they were succeeding in destroying the church in Jerusalem. They were actually fulfilling the last prophecy that Jesus had given. The pressure of the mob and those in opposition can push anyone out of the comfortable place they're in. As you listen today, you'll hear Pastor Robert talk about the opposition that the first Christians faced in their hometown. But it wasn't a bad thing for them to leave town. God had a plan and a purpose for it. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address podcast, subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of Acts, chapter 8, as he begins his message, The Cost of the Gospel. We're going to be back in the book of Acts today in chapter 8, and... um, and I, I would encourage you to do that because it's it, it's so easy. And, and I, you know, I'm an old guy. I'm 62 years old. I was resistant to this. I'm like, no, I need my book. I need my paper Bible. And and I, and sometimes I still do. But honestly, 90% of the time now, I'm reading my Bible, studying my Bible, listening to my Bible as I'm driving. I'll, I'll play it audibly and play teachings audibly. But I'm using I'm using the technology, and it, it facilitates the study of God's Word in in, in a, just a phenomenal way. Acts chapter seven concluded with the death of the very first Christian martyr. Stephen. He he was one of seven men who had been appointed as deacons to serve the rest of the church. And the word deacon just means servant. You know, in in some churches, it's been like elevated to a position of authority. But, you know, the the original, the idea was, was people waiting on tables, you know, serving the rest of the church in Jerusalem. But, but God used Stephen powerfully in that capacity. And, and so the, the leadership, the Jewish leadership in Jerusalem came after him and charged him with capital crimes and, and then bribed a bunch of false witnesses to testify against him at a kind of a kangaroo court, you know, a bogus trial. And, and then they stoned him to death. And, and, you know, I was thinking about this, quite possibly the most fruitful and effective day of his life was his last day, because Stephen not only preached a really powerful message, or I think maybe a better way to look at it would be he gave a really powerful um, anointed lecture to his persecutors, but not only that, the way he faced his executioners, 
served as an undeniable testimony to his faith in the living Savior who had conquered death. He, he knew he had nothing to fear. Um, this was a tragedy for the men who rejected the gospel, but it wasn't a tragedy for Stephen. A lot of times we read things like this. We read about people being killed for their faith. Oh, how awful, what a tragedy. Well, not for them. For the people who murder them, it's a tragedy, but not for the martyrs. Stephen had no regrets whatsoever at the end of that day. And we know for sure that the murder of Stephen had a permanent impact on Paul the apostle because he talked about it later in Acts chapter 22 uh, when he shared his testimony. But we see the beginning of all this. In, 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 um, in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, we're told now Saul who would later become Paul the Apostle, was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul... He made havoc of the church, entering every house, dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Now, we're going to stop right there just for a minute. We're going to cover a bit of ground today, but this is the point in time when the followers of the Lord Jesus began to be forced out of Judaism. Remember, Christianity didn't exist. The term didn't exist. The, the religion didn't exist. It was all Judaism. And, and this was just a faction, a group within Judaism until this point in time. And, and at this point in time, the Jewish religious leaders started teaching that a person could not accept Jesus as the Messiah and stay Jewish. That's where this whole thing started. You know, the idea today, the, the misunderstanding that it's impossible to be both Jewish and Christian. That's just not true. You know, I love uh, uh, the, the guy that he owns a tour company in, uh, in Israel. He's an Israeli follower of Jesus. And his dad was the one who accepted Jesus as, you know, first in the family to accept Jesus as his Messiah. And, and a lady on a, a tour, a Christian lady from the States on a tour, asked him one time, so when did you convert to Christianity? And he smiled at her and said, you converted. He's my Messiah. I didn't convert. And to me, that was one of the most powerful statements I'd ever heard coming from a, a Jewish person. I, he, he was like, I didn't, I, didn't con I didn't convert. I'm still Jewish. He's my Messiah. He always has been. I just didn't know it. There's no conversion. But see, they excommunicated the believers in Jesus in Jerusalem. And that has continued to this day, the idea that you can't be Jewish and follow Jesus. You can. He's the Jewish Messiah. Now, this whole thing, it would have seemed like a horrible situation for the vast majority of Christ followers there in Jerusalem in the first century because people began losing their livelihood. They were being disowned by friends and families, thrown into prison, threatened with execution. And, and so almost all of them decided to move out of Jerusalem, to get out of town. Now, listen, I want you to mark my words on this, okay? We're about this close to that scenario in the United States. Now, a lot of people want to you know, argue about it and whatever. We are this close. We are this close. 
when a baker can be sued repeatedly and driven out of business because he refuses to bake a cake for a homosexual wedding, which the Bible, it's an oxymoron. The Bible says it's not possible. It's not, marriage is, according to the one who invented it, it's between a man and a woman for life. Now, granted, we, the church, have done a horrible job of, like, expressing that because we condone all kinds of crazy stuff, at least tacitly, sexual immorality, sex outside of marriage, divorce. Adult. I mean, it's just, you know, we, we wink at so many different things. We, the church in the United States of America, we're this close. People losing their livelihoods because of their faith. Businesses being shut down because of their faith. I'm talking about the new moral standard in the Western world, but another sermon for another time. You know, I, I think it probably looked to Saul and the, the, the Jewish Sanhedrin like they were succeeding in destroying the church in Jerusalem. They were actually fulfilling the last prophecy that Jesus had given. Though In Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 4, we read, being assembled together with them, he, talking about Jesus, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now, when he'd spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. It was the last prophecy, the last promise, the last prophecy that he gave them, that they were going to spread his gospel all over the world in the power of the Holy Spirit, that they were going to be immersed, overflowed, baptized with the Holy Spirit for the purpose of going with the gospel. The Book of Acts is a fascinating look at the church and the first believers and followers of Jesus. It's not the church as you may know it today, the building you're used to attending, or the worship service format you're familiar with. But this early body of believers paints a beautiful picture of deep fellowship, connected community, and sustaining faith, values that are still held by Christians today. As you continue to study this book with Pastor Robert, you'll see how hardship tested these men and women and how they trusted the Lord. You'll also discover how God used them and their testimonies to spread the good news to the world. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again or would like to explore more of Pastor Robert's messages from Main Thing Radio, visit mainthingradio.com today or download our mobile app to listen anytime, anywhere. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just follow the link you'll find at the website. Again, that's mainthingradio.com. We'd love to hear from you too if you have any questions or if you'd like prayer. Give us a call at 305-531-2730. 
That's 305-531-2730. We're so glad you joined us today. Our time with you has come to an end, but be sure to tune in next time to keep learning from the Book of Acts right here on Main Thing Radio, 